0: Welcome back to the Mindset Entrepreneur Video Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Altman, and uh, glad to have you with us today. I'm here with my special guest, Scott Laughlin, Managing Partner of MetroWorks. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Scott, first of all, I want to start out by congratulating you. I know you're about to make a big leap in your business, and uh, MetroWorks is a co-working space, but it's much more than a co-working space. And so I want to talk about uh, the transition you're about to make, because it's a dream, right? Are we
1: able to make this leap? Yes, yes, it is. It's we're um, we're going from one small space in Natick Center to a much larger space up at the Sherwood Plaza on Route Nine, um, and we're going to a space that will be twelve times as large as the space that we currently operate. Wow! Um, so it is it is quite a quantum leap. Um, we have a, a second floor office down in, in Natick with uh, twenty four members. Um, usually have anywhere from six to ten people in the office every day. Um, and this space will be seventeen thousand square feet. And we expect to have 200-plus members um, with a daily attendance of somewhere between 60 and 75 people. And how long have you been in business so far? Three years. Three years. That's, that's an
0: incredible growth in only three years. What do you attribute uh, that success
1: to? Uh, having the right conversation at the right time. Okay. Um, the building owner um, was curious if we'd be interested. And uh, so we're, we're working hand-in-hand hand with the building owner um, to launch the space. Okay, so, so
0: I can already tell you're a very humble guy. So you say it's the t- conversation with the building owner, but you also have had to have had success to be able to even have that conversation. True. Right? So what, mm-hmm. what, is attributed, what do
1: you attribute to the success to even be able to have it? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the, the quality of the people that we have that are our members um, create a dynamic sense of community. Mm. Um, and what makes co-working different than like a, an HQ or a Regis office systems is that um, we're really more about the people than we are the office. Um, and the sense of community that you have inside the office. People know, you know, um, each other's children's names, what they're doing, what sports they play. Well, it feels like, Scott, by the way you've described it, you're
0: accomplishing a lot of the benefits that one central company would have Mm -hmm. broken up into all kinds of different companies is that fair to
1: say yes and no one's competing for a promotion because for the most part each each person is an independent professional either working for themselves as a solopreneur or uh, they're working for a larger corporation as a remote employee i think a
0: lot of people don't really understand co-working space so what i guess i want to ask you is as a trusted expert who's been doing this if you're watching this and you're sitting there going hmm is a co-working space right for me? What would be some of your criteria if you're debating on whether or not that you should be asking yourself?
1: So the first thing would be, I think, to define what co-working is, and that's sh- a shared professional office space. And the idea behind it is you're going to work in an area that has amenities that are helpful, such as a kitchen, a conference room, uh, maybe a, a, a standing height desk that you can use when you want to. We actually have two phone booths, um, which are pretty cool. They're uh, about four feet by four feet square. Like real phone booths. Well, they're they're called rooms. They're okay. built four feet by four feet, and they have a big um, plexiglass door. And you go and you sit inside. It's sort of like the cone of silence from you know, cool. Get Smart. Cool. Um, and it has ventilation and lighting and electrical as well. And people will do conference calls in there, um, which is that's actually a really cool feature. People love it. Yeah. Um, we just added those a few months ago. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of whether or not co working is right for somebody. The thing that's really um, good for us, or actually good for the people that are our members, is you can choose a different level of membership. You could be a community member where you only come in maybe once a month, or um, and you can buy additional days if you want to. Or you can be a full-time member where you're there Monday through Friday, uh, and you basically pay for what you need. And our membership is sort of like a gym. You pay, and then you get to use the facilities for whatever level of membership you purchased. And there's no term contract um, so that there's no you know, you know obligation to, you know, for like a lease.
0: So, you know, do you find a lot of the members that have uh, become clients, do you find that part of the issue is for a lot of small business owners, solopreneurs work at home? It's either unprofessional or they're not as productive or whatever. Are you finding there's a lot of that going around?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if, if, if we were to define the, uh, the demographic, it's ages 30 to 50, okay. uh, generally with school-aged children. A lot of it has to do with being, um, either distracted by their children or, uh, being distracted by a spouse, uh, or potentially being distracted by the idea that, oh, I could do a load of laundry right now. Um, and getting out of the house and having that ritual of going to the office, um, helps people be more productive. Uh, and then there's also the social exchange. Right. Um, if you're at home, you know, you're not really talking to people, um, face to face and, and the dynamic of speaking to someone face to face has, has a lot of enriching qualities to it. So I have my own office, and
0: I often think to myself, my job is I'm out on the road a lot. I mean, I'm not even here a lot of the time. So I often think, man, this office is just sitting bare. So for someone like me, who has the privacy and comfort of his own office, yes, I could save money by going to a co-working space, but what what do you think I would lose? Mm -hmm. What are the fears, and are they reasonable? Or are they just in my mind that I'm worried about something that doesn't exist?
1: Well, it becomes a question of work style. Um, we do have locking offices, uh, so that if somebody needs an office where they can leave their stuff, then that's, you know, that sort of allays those fears there. Um, but if you're also a person that basically is working out of a briefcase and you're, you know, on the road on a regular basis, you can carry in, carry out. And, uh, and it, it really is a lot less expensive, um, to do so. So, Scott, how are you able to
0: foster the culture? You mentioned a few minutes ago about how everybody knows their kids' names and the sports they play and things mm-hmm. like that. How are you able to foster that culture? Because that, 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 that kind of thing just doesn't happen magically. I mean, there has to be a culture and an environment to create that. So how do you do that?
1: Well, it's not something that we do. It's something that all the members do naturally. I mean, there, there are some people that are you know, more socially outgoing um, than others, um, but you don't want to force that on people just like you wouldn't force that on somebody in a party. But introductions are important. Um, and then also, I think showing an interest in other people's, you know, activities, um, is just, you know, part of good manners.
0: So you're just, when you, when someone wants to come be a client of yours, you're basically saying you're just picking the right people that are kind of creating that culture.
1: I haven't had anybody walk in the door with horns on them, um, yet. Okay. So Scott,
0: I know you and I have talked about the roller coaster of emotions of being an entrepreneur, and, uh, it's just, there's so many ups and downs. And, um, you know, when you're going to, uh, exponentially larger space like you are now, uh, talk about the mix
1: of emotions and how you're kind of, uh, managing them. Interesting question. Uh, there's a lot of what ifs and, and there's a lot of how to's. Um, a good friend of mine had told me, um, a long time ago and it always sticks with me. It's not what you don't know. It's what you don't know, you don't know. And, uh, I'm starting to, to discover some of those nuggets here and there. So that creates, a little bit of, um, I guess, anxious discovery. Um, but uh, uh, I also would think of it as, as as you're preparing a project like this, it's like carrying a, a load of socks, laundry, um, and one sock falls and you go to pick it up, and as you get it, the other sock falls down. Um, so there's a lot to be juggled, um, but it all comes together. So is is it the kind of thing, though, I,
0: I know my own business and my own career, when I'm facing one of those downturns, and we all have them, you know, and, and I'm I'm maybe losing my confidence a little bit, or I'm losing my ability to execute things I was able to execute in the past. When you feel that way, what do you do to kind of pull yourself out of it and avoid like prolonged slumps, let's say?
1: I think just persist, you know, and, and also uh, take inventory of what's going on. Uh, if you're faced with challenges that basically kind of put you in the freeze mode, so to speak, if you take a look at what, what needs to be done and prioritize that, um, and then, and then just put it together as a task list you, and persist and you just, you get right through it. I want to ask you a tough question, Scott. Let's say, God forbid,
0: this doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You, you take this big leap of faith. You're moving into this huge space. What will that say? What will, if, 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 because I think part of being an entrepreneur, one of, I, I say, Scott, the most important characteristic of an entrepreneur is resiliency. Mhm. Okay. Absolutely. So, if you find out is that an indictment on your knowledge, decision-making skills? Will you personally think of it that way or is it No, there's not necessarily. There could be a number
1: of factors that contribute to that. Well, you can never succeed if you don't try. So, you have to try. I just don't think that this is going to fail. Um, and I think that that's that I guess that base sort of gut confidence that you have to have that this is something that people need um and it's a value that that uh people appreciate and i think from a service aspect of it uh we're very good at delivering that value so if i thought i was going to fail i would probably be uh you know um in a, i'd be doing something different actually um i don't think that we will fail um i get anxious and i and i get nervous about you know the, the the large investment of time and money that goes into it. Um, but I think that we're going to succeed. Well, in the co-working business model mm-hmm. has
0: really not only grown so much, it continues to grow so much. Yes. So is there a specific criteria that you think spurred that on? Or is it just word of mouth? The more
1: people are talking about the benefits of it. What, what do you think has really spurred such a big growth in this area? I, I think that the generation, the, the millennial generation, mm-hmm. um, has definitely changed the workplace. Uh, I think that the cost of real estate has, has changed, um, the workplace. I also think the, um, the way in which we do business, particularly retail, you know, the Amazon versus the mall type of, um, thing. We're, we're really trying or we're, we're really seeing a, a, a very large shift in, in how people behave. Um and the co-working space offers agility for companies, um and also for solopreneurs, uh, where they don't have to make the financial commitment of you know renting an office Mm. and signing a lease and going out and buying a copier and and calling you know the Verizon for a landline. I mean all of those aspects have changed. Um now you you basically can work out of a briefcase with a laptop and a cell phone, and if you have Wi Fi, you don't you know you're 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 in. That's, yeah. a, that's all you need and i think i
0: think i think it's a great point and and to your point uh, people are so f- scared of commitment and so you have mm-hmm. totally solved that problem and people love choices and flexibility and
1: you've totally solved that problem absolutely so that's yeah. and the technology definitely has pushed that along yeah as well. you're right yeah you're right it's it's amazing to to see what we can do now um compared to what was and wasn't possible you know many years ago um and uh just the idea of being able to open up a, a, a door with a cell phone, using it like a key fob, is amazing. I mean... It is. Yeah. It is. So, uh, now now I know you wear a
0: few different hats. You're also the chair of the Natick uh, De- Economic Development Council. Uh, yep. And um, and I know you have... Part of your uh, uh, initiatives and mission of the council is to buy local. And mm-hmm. can you talk about... How that's going. And, and I know people might think, well, yeah, obviously, why wouldn't you buy local? But when you buy local and you're focused on doing that, it's not just like a simple thing. It adds a little layer of work to it. So if you could talk about that a little bit.
1: Um, well, so I've, I've been on the Economic Development Committee um, for eight years now, and I've been chair for the past year, um, very much trying to enhance the quality of life and, and businesses in the native community. Um we've had some recent exciting things happening. Um Exponent is building uh, a very large building on Route 9. Uh, Abbey Labs is building a 65,000 square foot uh, biotech incubator on Strathmore Road, which will be right across the street from where we are. Um we have a new restaurant downtown which is Buttercup, which is um a a second restaurant from the Farmhouse Restaurant in in Needham. So there's all these exciting things that are that are happening now. Um and we have a lot of local purveyors that we can go to in terms of you know food and and uh, you know different types of supplies, et cetera. Uh, when we were looking at putting um, furniture into this new space, and this is the the biggest thing that I'm proud of is is we are buying all of our furniture within the state of Massachusetts and uh, you know from a company that employs 300 people in Leminster. and um, I think the key ingredient for it is that we're not settling for something local, we're actually buying something very high quality that happens to be manufactured locally. Um, So in that instance, um, it's even more exciting. I think the, the, the most important thing that we need to do is we need to attract good businesses so that we have the option to buy locally without it being a sacrifice.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could not agree more. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people, there's a perception that if you buy local, you're lowering your standards and sacrificing. I think you, you, it's spot on.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, I think of, uh, for me, if I'm going to go out and buy, um, you know, an appliance or if I'm going to buy a, a lawnmower mm-hmm. as an example, I'm going to go to the local store down the street because I know that I can call that person and I can actually get an answer for something. I can have a part number looked up over the phone. Um, and I can go see the, that person on a Saturday and, and get something fixed. Whereas if I go to a box store, which it's still buying local, but it's not really, um, you have that anonymity of dealing with a large corporation, and the service factor basically is t- it's just not there.
0: Well, and I think uh, I feel very strongly about what you just said, because I feel like whenever you're going to pay more for something, and you are going to typically pay more at a local hardware store than you might a big box store. Mm-hmm. However, maybe, maybe. But if that's the case, the question is, however much more you might pay, what is the value? And your point is the value is the service. Absolutely. so as long as you feel that that service exists, you might be willing to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Scott, I just want to finish up. I want to talk a little bit about, um, I don't know if you can teach entrepreneurship. I mean, entrepreneurship has several characteristics. There are qualities and characteristics about an entrepreneur. And there's certain aspects of entrepreneurship I think you can teach. But it's almost like that inborn gene. Spirit. Spirit. Yes. So, you know, you you started being an entrepreneur when you were 18. So I would just love, before we wrap up today, just talk about, you know, why you became so passionate about entrepreneur and how you had the courage at such a young age to start.
1: A lot of the time when I look at doing something, if I can do it myself, I just want to go out and do it. And, and I'm also a little, uh, you know, um, particular about how things get done. So if I do things well, people appreciate that type of work, and sometimes they want me to do that work for them. Um, and having control over your schedule and uh, and having the independence to do what you want to do, um, I think there's a little bit of pride in hanging your own shingle, so to speak. Um, and so that's what I think motivates me um, in, in that respect. Um, I just have always liked, I, I, almost in a tactile way, putting my hands on it and doing it you know, and, and getting things done um, and trying different things as well. That's awesome.
0: Scott Laughlin, so glad to have you on the show. And and just for our audience out there, uh, MetroWorks, growing, expanding, co-working, so many benefits. I have so many colleagues have told me that the, the multiple benefits, it's something I'm eventually going to be considering when my lease ends here. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. All
0: right. And thank you to, to Video Company for a great job producing the show. And I uh, Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Mindset Entrepreneur video podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.